reports Lucasfilm may not be allowed to announce movies, but that is not stopping entertainment websites and trades from doing it. And not the it's not that the floodgates are opening, but there seems to be more and more info coming out about the future of Star Wars movies. We're here to talk about that and all the latest Star Wars news. So welcome everybody to TRB. This is the Resistance Broadcast. I'm John. Thanks for joining us on this Monday. Uh, we're halfway through November. It is getting closer and closer to the holidays um, and or wrapping up in just 10 days, nine days. Crazy uh, that that 12-week journey is coming to yeah. a close. But we're not talking so much about Andor today. We're going to be talking about a bunch of other stuff. Um, and doing that with me, as always, is James and Lacey. So right off the top, guys, you know, speaking of this stuff, do you guys remember two years ago, oh, two remember. and a half years ago, <laughs> J.D. Dillard was reported to be making a Star Wars movie and then everyone forgot about it and we heard nothing about it. And then like two days ago, he confirmed that it was correct, the report, but that it's no longer happening. Not that not only was it not happening, he said it's unfortunately no longer a thing. It was not <clears throat> for lack of trying. That's rough. That phrasing, not for lack of trying, is like, what yeah. are we doing? But, but I, got, I agree with you there. But I mean, that does sort of fall in line with like a lot of the stuff that's been reported and, mm -hmm. and like how these things have been like ending, so to speak. Because the, you know, Patty Jenkins, like apparently there was butting heads with Michelle Regwan about stuff and who knows if I'm starting to believe a lot of these reports are accurate and. You know, I'm glad that he acknowledged this though, because he could he could have not, because if he didn't, because there's this, there's this whole like thing where people for some reason don't trust these major trades, and I, I don't really understand that. I, there's people like thumb their nose at journalists now, media journalists, for the sake of protecting the sanctity of this massive major entertainment company. Right. And I think that's backwards. Right. Um. So. I like that he acknowledged that the report was accurate, but James, isn't it kind of funny that it really went two and a half years with no mention from anybody, no additional reports. It was that that first thing came out and then that was it. I mean, if you look back over the last two years, I'm, I'm going to be the first person to be like, what the heck was that report about? Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I like believe, I mean, look, you can only believe it when they say that you're like, okay, this looks good. But you go so long and literally like there's nothing like he doesn't talk about it. Other people don't talk about it. No other trade says, you know, it looks like it's still happening as far as we can tell. But you just nobody's talking about it. I mean, it was nothing. Complete ghost. That means desert. his NDA is gone now. That means. And it's yeah, it's it's it just is crazy to me. Lacey, that's a good point that you brought up with with the wording. Although <sighs> I, I generally try not to hang up on wording because I don't know how pe these people said it. You know what I mean? That could just be in his regular vernacular that he says, like, everything is not for lack of trying. Um, I feel but, like the uh, phrasing but lack think... of trying, that puts the onus on it's yeah. not him that's stopping it. Right, exactly. It's that's someone exactly else that's it. stopping it. And look, <clears throat> yes, yeah. I tend to be guilty of this all the time. Is like you're reading these text versions of interviews and you're getting nitty gritty into the wording, but lack of trying is a very bold statement to describe, hey, it's not me. It's you. Yeah. 
I'm yeah. all that to say that I think this is the one time where I think you're absolutely right that yeah. you can read into that wording and go, you know what? That lines up with everything we're hearing. Yeah. It is interesting. I didn't know he was a, a stormtrooper in Rise of Skywalker. I don't think I knew he was that either. FN yeah. one two two six. It sounded familiar when I read it, but mm-hmm. it was also on that line of like, I don't I don't think I would have been able to tell you that, but I think he's the guy who she goes, it's okay, we're here. And he goes, it's good. It's uh, it's it's good. It's awesome. Or whatever. Oh, like, really? Stormtroopers good. I think he was one of those guys. Wow. It's good. It's good that you're here. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, so. But. Oh, I was just going to say uh, it. I did see a lot of people discussing specifically with this kind of announcement, which we're going to get into the other announcement that was made this week. Mm-hmm. But it's like one person in, one person out. And also, J.D. Dillard was one of the people that got announced during 2020, when a lot of companies were making diverse choices for their stories, which they should. And now, all of a sudden, these people are kind of fading out. And so people are like, okay, well, did you make this announcement or did this announcement come up because of 2020 and where the landscape was in the country that you made these choices? And now, all of a sudden, you're Mm. like, oh, we're moving in a different direction because it's seems to be panning that way. And I thought that was a very interesting take of this announcement because the other thing was in the same year, and I forget what thread this was, so I apologize who this was. Um, In the same year that this announcement was made, they also announced Lando, and we have not heard anything from that as well. So it's like, what is going on? So So their thing was announced like two weeks before COVID exploded. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was a factor because I, a lot of things. I was going to say, and... you, if you are right or if you're wrong, I, I, either way, I think like somebody could say the reason this didn't happen is because we announced it before or during COVID or something like that. I'm just then, saying there's a lot of variables yeah. at play here. But the craziest yeah. part about all of this is that it seems like Lucasfilm, more than any other production studio, is cycling through creatives and directors like very quickly. <laughs> I yeah, and you know, just the uh, other day, um, last week, the Hollywood Reporter drops a bomb saying uh, Disney Plus is getting a new Indiana Jones series. So it's like that. That's wild in itself because you have Harrison Ford saying he's done, um, and I you got to believe that because he's going to be eighty one in July, mm-hmm. um, like. I think they probably pushed the envelope as it was with Indy 5, and I'm sure it's going to be They're great. They're saying it's going to be trust... Phoebe, uh, what's her name? Phoebe Yes, Waller-Bridge is going to be the new Indiana Jones. Who said that? I didn't see that. Oh, she's in the new movie with Harrison Ford, so people are speculating oh. that the new series oh. is going to be her spinoff from the movie. Well, they well, tried to do yeah. that once before, and people weren't having it. But she's also doing Mr. and Mrs. Smith with uh, Donald Glover, so... It's only so many projects you can yeah. do. Yeah, we'll see. So that's interesting. But um, any thought, any comments on uh, indie, James? Anything you want to add to, to that Ju- before we hop into our meat and potatoes? Yeah, I saw the indie thing and you know, I kind of suggested it for something to talk about here. And there's really not much to it. I just thought it was kind of interesting when we talk about Star Wars a lot, we inevitably end up talking about Lucasfilm. <coughs> and that means we're covering willow as well and you know willow, like just that yeah. kind of stuff and inevitably indiana jones um as well 
So it's it's kind of interesting to me because we have to look at Lucasfilm as making the choices that they're making, and this is another choice to continue a known franchise. So it's not a bad choice, but it's also another choice that they're not making to try an an original property. Mm-hmm. Like it would be like this this announcement comes in the same way that people say. Hollywood just does sequels and remakes and stuff, and that there's kind of like a side to that. It's an understandable uh, reasoning why they do that because they mm-hmm. make money on those things, and those that money profits all of the original content that nobody goes and sees, <laughs> right? I understand that machine, but it is really interesting when you look at Lucasfilm and you go, "What's next, Lucasfilm? What's the next big thing you're going to do?" And oftentimes it's we're doing another Star Wars thing, which that's cool for us and we we support that, but outside of that. It's like, we're doing Willow. Okay, you know, we're doing an Indiana Jones movie and another Indiana Jones TV series. And it's like, is that all you guys got? You know? Banking on old nostalgic characters. Yeah, Yeah, I would think that Kathleen Kennedy, as, you know, creative and and forward-thinking as she is, having run Amblin for so long or been a part of that, um, that they would say, what Lucasfilm needs is to introduce kids to to new great characters. And if yeah. it fails, we still got Star Wars money, you know? Yeah, well, make it make a new IP. That's what I'm that's what I thought was interesting about the story is they they announced an Indiana Jones thing and it's it almost falls in that line where people are like, "Do people want that?" I think people are okay with letting Indiana Jones be done. We'll see when I... 5 comes out, but and and Harrison Ford has been, and we we will get to our main story, but the, <laughs> yeah. you know, the, but Harrison Ford has been adamant with like saying like Indiana Jones ends with me, you know. So I don't think we're getting a new actor coming in to play Indiana Jones on Disney Plus. And if they were to do Indiana Jones again, it would be on, in the theaters. I don't think they would Alden. dump Indiana Jones on, the, on Disney Plus. I've already seen photoshops of him. <laughs> really? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. 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 Um. Hopefully he's doing something else. I think uh, he is. He just signed on for a Marvel series, Ironheart. Uh, well, I mean something else. Oh, like Solo? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. Well, let us get into our main stories of the day. And uh, James, uh, we got some cool graphics to introduce our segment, right? It's the resistance. Brand new, hot off the presses, exactly the same as they've always been. Yes, uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, just really to tail off of the whole J.D. Dillard thing, like uh, one out, that's unfortunate, but at the same time, almost at, almost at the exact same time, we get news that Sean Levy is in talks to direct a Star Wars movie. Now, if you don't know who Sean Levy is, he's been involved in um, uh, actually with a lot of Ryan Reynolds projects, including the... the uh, Adam Project and Free Guy and uh, the Deadpool 3 that's coming up. A mm-hmm. uh, lot of Stranger Things as he has been involved in um, directing two episodes in every season of Stranger Things thus far. And also he is scheduled to do two episodes of season five. Is that correct? Five, right? Or four? Five. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but the report five. came out. Yeah, the report came out that he was involved, and uh, Lucasfilm did not comment. As we've been hearing recently, they're not allowed to. They're not. They're not announcing this. 
Um, so you can debate whether you want to believe it or not. But then Sean Levy on his own on uh, Twitter comes out and says, childhood me is losing it right now. Uh, you know, to that deadline is reporting. Yes, this is true. In fact, I am working on this project. So it's happening at least to the degree, uh, you know, it could be that it's happening to the degree of Patty Jenkins or JD Dillard, but it could also be happening in the sense of, you know, everybody else who has landed and finished their star Wars project. So good luck to Sean. Uh, but let's talk about it a little bit. What are your thoughts? Uh, let's start with John on this one. What are your thoughts on Sean Levy, uh, and all of his other projects, uh, moving forward with star Wars? Um, I'm not sure. I mean, I am not as well versed in his work. I mean, I know he did the night at the museums. He did uh, real steel. Um, I did mention Deadpool some... three is also another thing he's working on. He's working on. Yeah. Um, and he did, you know, he's big with Ryan Reynolds. So that has people thinking like, Oh, Ryan Reynolds is going to be in star Wars now. Like that doesn't mean that. And Hugh Jackman um, because Deadpool three and real steel. Yeah, but and then his last three credited movies, including Deadpool three, Free Guy, The Adam Project, and Deadpool three. Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Reynolds. No, yeah, I got that. Uh, I'm just saying. Yeah, I would like to also throw in Hugh Jackman in the conversation for Star Wars movies and Ben Stiller, A Night at the Museum. <laughs> <It's not laughs> Who knows? Off, who's appearing in this? Yeah, and it's going to be none of them, which is great. Yeah, but uh, and then he also did that movie, This Is Where I Leave You, which is like this big ensemble thing, and. Lacey will be happy to know that Adam Driver was in that. So uh, not to stoke any fires there, but um, also a big ensemble cast in that one. So he knows how to handle a cast for sure. Um, and he's been around for a long time, which is good. This isn't a situation where no offense, but like, you know, Patty Jenkins did one or two movies. One was really well accepted. One wasn't so much. And uh, th this guy's been directing movies for a very long time. Uh, well established. I'm sure um, they didn't need to do that much vetting to understand what he's all about and his and his process. Um, but this goes to what I was sort of saying is because of that reported mandate, which I'm, I'm going to start leaning towards believing these stories because they all seem to fit with one another in terms of the tone, which is like, if, if there's a mandate where Lucasfilm is being told to not announce these things until they're way more down the road in production, these trades are going to be reporting on them. And that's why, like, we see multiple times now, like a Jeff Snyder talking about the Lindelof stuff, Hollywood Reporter talking about such and such, the Puck News with Matt Bellany talking about all this stuff. And they all seem to have a similar tone about there's just this whole shakeup going down at Lucasfilm from the top to the bottom. And the Michelle Redwan thing was the first bomb that I, I'm still shocked that people are, are like podcasts and stuff are not talking they about. They literally it, made a whole mini announcement video with fighter jets and her rollerblading and like. Oh, you're, Patty you're Jenkins. Talking I'm Patty talking about Jenkins. Michelle Redwan. Oh yeah, Michelle yeah. Redwan. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. The Patty Jenkins thing. That's a, that's a whole. Yeah, I was whole like, they thing. made but, a yeah. whole video about this. <laughs> and Michelle Redwan. I thought you said Patty Jenkins. Yeah. I apologize. <laughs> no, no, no. But yeah, so the Michelle Regwan thing. And then so then the trades are going to be reporting this stuff because Lucasfilm isn't. So they have their sources. They're getting mm -hmm. their information probably from inside of Lucasfilm. Someone knows somebody. And I I trust 
uh, journalists and doing the doing the work. Because they have to put their name I, behind that too. That's there's other uh, that piece of it is that people don't yeah. put out stuff just to put out stuff. People usually right. put their name and, behind something because they truly believe it and they have more than one source. Yeah. Yeah, and, and the J.D. Dillard thing, like like we said, he acknowledged that that was true. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I think that's important. Uh, and then Sean Levy himself said, "I can't believe my dreams are coming true." Or mm-hmm. uh, my my the the kid version of me would wouldn't believe. I do this. laugh so that he posted he, screenshots of the article and didn't actually give them any traffic for the announcement. <laughs> that, well, yeah. I'm sure they don't mind because <laughs> they'll the people he confirmed find, their um, story. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, he confirmed the stories. So. I'm not going to sit here and say like, oh, yes, Sean Levy's going to be directing a Star Wars movie. But I will say that I believe this. And there seems to be a turning of the of uh, a, a new a new a new page turning over here where I'm thinking these projects that are now being announced going forward are going to be more concrete. And these were I think we're beyond that realm of. Uh, no longer developing you know, Star Wars project or whatever. So I, I believe that Lindelof is going to be that next movie. I believe that Sean Levy's probably directing a Star Wars movie. Is it the Kevin Feige uh, produced one that they're talking about? Because I still believe a Kevin Feige project would move forward. This also makes me think more so that the Taika Waititi movie is not happening. Because then you start talking about when are these movies coming out? If they're still going to space them out or they're going to hit us with a bomb saying like, no, we're going back to one movie a year. I think that's aggressive. I still think, in the end, Star Wars movies need to still be special. You can pump out your Disney Plus series, but I still like the idea of a Star Wars movie being an event, and I think one a year might be too much. One every two years, I can do. So if the next one is 2025, and they're saying that's Lindelof, that means that if my feeling on it, 2027 was that next date they had, that would be this guy's, Sean Levy. Then where does Taika fit in? I don't know. That's just my thoughts on it. But good for him. He, 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 he seems like he's very he's a he's a veteran director. He's made successful stuff that people like. So we'll see um when we hear more about what this is all about, who's writing it, all that stuff to to get more excited. But I hope it's not Ryan Reynolds because then people are gonna get all bent out of shape about it. Hmm. I actually would be any... okay with it. Yeah. If Ryan would Reynolds you? was yeah. in Star Wars. Look, he does the same thing every movie, but he's hilarious. So <laughs> He's Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, I'd take it. Um, what do I think? I think he had me at the secret world of Alex Mack and Animorphs and So Weird, uh, which is all the shows that is I that loved. This I was, guy? Yep. Uh, he directed a bunch. I didn't of those even episodes. know one person was behind those three. He's so amazingly wow. looking at his IMDb here. Uh, if you read through it, a lot of it is family friendly stuff, hmm. which I love, and um, a <clears> lot of Alien. And like weird things like Secret World of Alex Mack, the journey of Alan Strange, which is an alien that befriends two kids on Earth yeah. from Nickelodeon, uh, Animorphs, So Weird, which is that show from back in the day I on the Disney so Channel. So Weird and like nobody remembers it. I loved that show. I watched it every week where she like investigated ghost stories. Mm-hmm. And um, it's got Brink in it. Yeah, Brink. Yep, yep. Um <laughs> He did Date Night with Steve Carell. Like he has so many great movies that I really, really love. Um, and the fact that he did Stranger Things, love Stranger Things, Adam Project. I've heard nothing but great things about that movie. I'm gonna be honest. It. I tried to watch Free Guy. I got like 
20 minutes in and was like i didn't like it either. i was like sorry this is just not for me but if someone was really into video games like or like really into that type of humor i could see people loving it and i know a lot of people did i didn't vibe it but uh i love deadpool so i'm in for that but did you get to the star wars part I'm I'm getting there, James. No, I'm saying in Free Guy, there's a big Star Wars part. Oh no, I Where told you, you like, I, I kicked, I I literally I, left after like. I know. I'm only wanting to mention that there's a Star. Didn't Wars we talk part, about really. that movie and how I was like so thrown by it was way different than I was going into. Mm-hmm. I thought it was like. It was this sort of like future where people are desensitized to violence, but it was like, no, he's actually a video game character. I was like, oh, no, I don't remember you (laughs) saying that. But yeah, I was so thrown. And I was like, I'm like lazy. I think I got in like 30 minutes. I was like, I yeah, 20 minutes in. I just I couldn't get into it, but maybe I'll have to give it another try. That being said, Adam Project Project was pretty good. I I like that better than Free Guy. I got to give it a try. But that being said, I would not be surprised if this is Ryan Reynolds' way into Star Wars. I would not be surprised whatsoever. And mm. I think that if he wanted to do it, Sean would say yes and Disney would say yes. He did the famous Jet Jackson too? Yeah, he did do the famous Jet Jackson. Oh my Jet gosh, man. He's like my childhood, I'm basically. I'm more excited than when I started this episode. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> you know... Uh, our friend Ash interviewed him recently um, about the Adam Project, and he had talked about Star Wars specifically, and he had said how, you know, it's basically what made him love movies. So the idea that someone like that is getting into Star Wars gets me really excited. Now we hear that very often with directors and actors and producers and writers and all these people that are like, oh, Star Wars is like who, what made me love movies and made me who I am. Um so I have my fingers crossed for him that this really works out for him because he's been super successful so far. And I think that he has a proven track record that will carry him into success. Whereas a lot of these other directors, we've had them have one big success and then, you know, kind of flash in the pan like, oh, they're the it thing. Whereas this guy's had like a long career that he has proven he can handle big production, small productions, different types of creativity from directing. He's been acting mm-hmm. and stuff, writing and stuff, producing stuff. So he's I- I'm more pumped. of the J.J. Abrams than he is the Ryan Johnson, or he's mm. more of the Ron Howard than he is the Lord Miller. That's what I would say, and that's not mm-hmm. for uh, that's not in any way saying that Ryan no, Johnson or Lord Miller aren't capable of doing amazing work because they are. Like they're genre changing you know amazing filmmakers but they were gambles mm-hmm. they were risks. but they were risks they paid off but they were well one paid off i can't say yeah, i was the gonna other. say <laughs> some, some of these don't that's that's kind of been the problem yeah. is they they were taking some of these risks where marvel has had a bunch of success with their risks it seems like lucasfilm has had nothing but failures on all their risks yeah so when i saw this announcement it was literally back to back with the jd dillard one so i was like one guy's out one guy's in mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but i was excited about this because every other movie that has been really big lately has been one of his that i've heard about that, pe- that has surprised people and i like the idea of going to a star wars movie being surprised by how good it is instead of having really high expectations and coming in disappointed. But I love his enthusiasm. I think he's going to do a really good job. And uh, 
we need more announcements like this. We need more, more good things coming. But I know that I saw immediately when this this announcement came out, people being like, I'll believe it when I see it. Oh, we'll never see this movie. And it's it's a sad time for Star Wars fans when you see that. That people don't want to believe it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I mean, I'm I'm blown away. Like, I am right. looking at this uh, track record of his. I'm like, he was a producer on Arrival. I loved that movie, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, he did... Uh, he does a lot of know, s- I, science fiction type space stuff. Yeah, yeah, there was another one in here. Oh, he was he was behind the bringing back of Unsolved Mysteries, too. And it's like... I just I, like all of a sudden now I went in to this and I had I I saw what he was with. I was like, OK, so he's done some of these movies. He obviously knows what he's doing and stuff. But I just didn't get the impression that he had been around for so long. And I'm making that comparison of like a Ryan Johnson to a J.J. Abrams because it's it feels to me like I was hearing the name J.J. Abrams. And I was like, yeah, he did like Star Trek mm-hmm. and that's it. And it's like, no, he did like all of this <laughs> other stuff. And you probably yeah. just weren't aware of it. And and when but we knew that when we got J.J., we were like, oh, he's yeah, he's been around a long time and stuff. But if you didn't know that, that's how I'm feeling about Sean Levy right now. Like I went into this thinking that he was kind of had a few things under his belt and that was good and that was cool. Um, he's up and coming no. or something. And I'm looking at this yeah. now. I'm like, no, man, he has no, been around yeah. the block. He's in his fifties, dude. Yeah. And everything that he looks young. I feel like I looked at a picture of him. I was like, yeah, he looks young. Anyway, point being, um, yeah, I'm super pumped on this now. I think that everything he has worked on has star Wars sensibility to it. Um, like we said before, family friendly. I like alien, that all his movies weird... and shows are fun. And they are weird, and I love fun mm-hmm. and weird Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm pumped on this. John, the other takeaway that I had was something that you mentioned earlier, is that when given the the date range of him working on Stranger Things, then him working on Deadpool 3, I was like, there's no way this is the next movie. Uh, you bring up a good point about Damon Lindelof. That probably points to that being that 2025 20, slot that they're going for. Um this could be 2026. This could be the 2027. Taika could be the 2026. So where does that versa. leave Ryan Johnson then? Oh, I just Who's think he's sitting there going, we're just trying whatever. to make it work schedule wise. And yet you're having these Ryan, new people come in that are uh, in it, in the thick of it. Let, let Ryan just keep killing it because he's killing it with his I own stuff. I can't wait to watch he does not Glass need Onion. To... I'm so pumped. Oh, my God. Me too. So he pumped. he does not need the headache. I trust think me. It's... Neither do fans, to be honest. I have this very strong feeling that it's going to be good, but people are going to say it's not as good as Knives Out. I just don't I think don't it's going to meet that but expectation. I'm going... I haven't watched any anyway, trailers. So... It's the first time, guys. Be very proud of me. I haven't watched any trailers. I haven't read any stories. I'm going in nothing. So... That's good. I I think I watched one of the trailers. I don't really know what's going I'm on. I'm very surprised with myself. But... I've watched nothing. I only um, I've only ever well not I've only ever done that. But mm. for a big thing that I was really excited for, I've only ever done it once, and that was Endgame. Oh. I didn't Lacey, watch. Just make sure you let me know when you watch it. All right? Don't worry, John. I will because if I don't, you'll be like, "Hey, so this is what happens in this movie." <laughs> And I'll be like, get out of here. All right, let's just get out of here. I didn't watch it yet, John. Um, it's 4 a.m. on a Tuesday. It just came out last night. I didn't watch it. It's 3 a.m. I must be spoiled. <laughs> um, so Sean Levy has 
directed always directed the third and fourth episodes of each season of Stranger Things. So the Duffer brothers always do the first two and usually the last two. So they, out of the gate, season one, you need to sell people on your show. Duffer brothers are like, who are we handing off this show to after we direct the first two? Sean Levy. That's a big deal. I wonder if they're buddies with um, him. No, they must be because he, he's done every well, they episode look up three to and him. four. Yeah. I'm right. just saying, Duffer I wonder if they're like, friends. So going to do the show, but then there's no... Yeah. Please take over Sean Levy. I, I'm looking at, I'm thinking now. Mm. Um, yeah. So, and he did a lot of like the like the big episodes, the the Dear Billy episode. I believe that was the the running up that hill uh, episode. <laughs> I mean, he did that, and that like people went nuts over that. The monster and the superhero. Like he did massive episodes of Stranger Things, and he's doing. Um, I finished season three. He's doing season uh, <laughs> five work too. So. Um, that's can't, good. Can't James. wait for season four to start. <laughs> that's great, James. That's good. How about you watch less sports and watch more nerdy stuff? At least jock. someone didn't tell you who the murderer was and only murders in the building. I have a pretty oh, yeah. good idea of how season four. <laughs> Let me know is when you're go, done, though. Let me know. <laughs> Any moment. You're gonna get Mike Ramori being like, "John spoiled stuff again." Here we go. <laughs> Pain in my ass. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna talk about what you did Thursday on the live. What did show. I do Thursday? Man, you just may have dropped a few bombs on certain movies. <laughs> Someone did say spoilers in the chat. I was wondering what John said. <laughs> oh yeah. What do you mean Thursday? Am I breaking the fourth wall to let people know that Thursday hasn't even happened yet? <laughs> no, he means last, last Wednesday. Oh Wednesday, you're the right. The live show. I, we're we look. We always did the shows on Thursdays, and now that they're on Wednesdays. If you're talking about The Departed, I'm gonna, I'm leaving the episode right now. <laughs> Answer that question. I was. I've never about seen the, the Departed, Departed, so don't tell me. Jeez, I'm gonna depart this episode if this keeps up. <laughs> All right. I was talking about the movie and the poster behind you, James. Just stop. Everyone's on my side. Everyone listening's on my side here. You two look like the villains. You're bullies. <laughs> Both of you. Uh, are we Sean levied out? I mean, never, but... You're not. I know that. James yeah. went from zero to fanboy in he 10 really minutes. Did. He really did. He turned into a Sean Levy podcast. <laughs> I know. I was like, I had no idea this dude did the, all this stuff. In John's the running week, the James Tony Gilroy become... fan club. Now James is the Sean Levy fan club. In the last week, James has become the biggest soccer fan on the planet and the mm -hmm. biggest Sean Levy fan on the planet. Yeah, apparently. In the my, last seven days. My buddy informed me that I'm now a Manchester United fan, so I'll, there you I'll go. be looking into them as well. When we, go to, when we go to London, maybe you can skip out for a game. Oh, right. Yeah, Not a game. I'm sorry. A match. People are going to rip me off, uh, rip my head off for saying that. Yeah. A match, they call it. I'll make it out yeah. to the pitch. All right. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> let's move on to the next thing and uh we just want to talk a little bit about the mandalorian because season three is on the way and as they're starting that they're not really going to kick into mandalorian gear until andor's done or and mandalorian mode until andor's done but we are getting a little bit of reminders that it's coming and one of the things that we saw here is a uh, like a cast talking we we got a it was actually an older video you've probably saw seen the video of uh Filoni and Favreau talking in that like weird, not 
green screen room. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's like a white and green room. Mm-hmm. Totally a, a weird thing. I don't know why they put them there. But uh, then recently they updated that saying they got the whole cast in the room. So, you know, a bunch of people. Uh, they went around and they talked about their excitement for season three. Everybody had good things to say. We can, uh, as we jump around, I'll start with you, Lacey, on this. Um, as they jumped around, um, everybody talked a little bit about their character and what they're most excited about. Were any of those uh, quotes, uh, things that got you even more pumped for Mandalorian season three? I don't know. I don't know if I'm speaking for you, though. You're probably the the most excited for Mandalorian season three out of the three of us. I, I would think. love Mando so much, yeah, and I miss it so much, and I miss the hype and the excitement every week of watching Mando. I just, not that Andor doesn't have that excitement, it's just different. Like, it's just a mm-hmm. different excitement. Um, and I think more casual Star Wars fans and casual pop culture fans love The Mandalorian more than Andor, um, because Andor is a little bit more deep into Star Wars and the war part, and it, you know, there's no... <clears throat> Excuse me, no cute baby aliens or anything. So it's just different. But um, I mean, to be honest, these interviews never actually give you anything gigantic. You know, they're not dropping anything Mm -hmm. crazy. But to hear all the actors talk about how they're excited for where the story is going and how their their characters are progressing is always interesting to read. The one thing that kind of stood out to me was Giancarlo Esposito talking about how his character would really like to be a Mandalorian and there's reason for it. Like, to me, I was like, wait, what? Really? Um, He just says that, you know, he wants to be a Mandalorian because of the strength and power of the Mandalorian is not necessarily that they are an individuals, that they're part of a group that have the have an ideal and a morality. Uh, and that, to me, is really powerful in our story. Um. That just really caught me off guard because I was not expecting that as like something to describe Moff Gideon because when we meet him, he's very much like, I am the guy. And I think that's where in season two, I kind of lost his character a little bit because then he kind of got a little on the, I don't know, cowardly side. Whereas when we meet him in season one, he is storming into the situation. He knows everybody's background. He's listing off, you know, facts about each person as they're up against the wall and like hiding in the cantina. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm just very excited for this series. I can't wait to see where it's going. I think from what we've seen so far with the trailer is like the show is probably going to take a little bit more of a darker turn. There are more Mandalorians, obviously. Uh, we don't know where Bo-Katan and the armor are going to come into play, uh, but I'm, I can't wait. I wish it was coming out tomorrow, honestly, <laughs> but I know it's going to be worth the wait. Yep. John, any comments to get to you on this? I mean, yeah, the G- Giancarlo Esposito talking about um, that he wants to be a Man- Mandalorian thing uh, was pretty surprising to to hear him. Now, I want to see what of context is applied upon that when we get into the season um surface level stuff here uh emily swallow like she has to hide behind that helmet and that stuff she is a beautiful beautiful woman jeez um but secondly Giancarlo esposito i wish i had the gusto to wear the outfits that guy wears (laughs) i could never wear the stuff that man wears um and i do like he seems more candid than other people are and I think it's, I'm not saying it's like a Jean Wen situation where they're like, oh, no, I can't believe you just said that. Mm-hmm. But um, I think sometimes he's more like, he's so into it. And you know, I love that when they're into this stuff. 
Um, but the one other thing, I think that Katie Sackoff revealed a little too much. Oh, really? I think she revealed, I think she's debunking what my theories for this character were. So, what, the Mad Queen type scenario? So, do you mind if I just read her quote? It's not that long. No, go ahead. Yeah. So, for our audience, too. So, she's Katie Sackoff, who plays Bo Katan. Uh, obviously, she's been very obsessed with the Darksaber when she first arrived in season two and through the end of season two. She said, coming into this season, season three, Bo has some clear ideas about who she believes to be a real Mandalorian, and I think that is a really important place for her to start. She was raised one way, she thinks one very clear way, and her knowledge of that is being challenged. So that part falls in line with what I was thinking. But then she says, one of the things about Bo that I love, and we see a lot of this season, is that she's always growing and she's always evolving. And I think that's a really beautiful lesson. So I think we're going to get... She's not going to hold to that? She's going to challenge them. She's not going to like the... uh, um, The... What what is it called? Not the Night Watch, the Brotherhood of the Watch. What is it called? Death, Death Watch. Oh, Children of the Watch. Children of the Watch. Yeah, she's gonna challenge that idea of that really devout creed of uh, you can't remove your helmet. It's a, really a, almost a different version of the the religion, so to speak. And she's gonna say you don't you do, you shouldn't have that. You're not the true way as we see Mandalorians. That dark saber does not belong to you. And something's going to happen where they're all going to need to unite and that they're going to have to become one group again as a species. Um, and that's where I think you get Sabine into the picture. Maybe she's the one to turn her back into realizing like this is bigger than all of us. Like there has to be some something, whether it's a whether it's Moff Gideon trying to steal the idea of what a Mandalorian is or a, another antagonist comes into play. Something that has to happen to where they get to the point where they look around, sort of like X Men Two, where it's like they have to work together for um to to beat a, another uh common enemy. I think that's what's going to happen, and she is going to remain a good guy, so to speak. Um uh, uh so I I, I don't think we're going to get the Daenerys Targaryen type of thing. I think at the beginning there's going to be shades of that, but there's going to be something that happens that switches her back and realizes um the big picture. Uh, so that I think was a little revealing. I don't know if you guys agree with that based on her comments. That's how it stands to me. The whole word about evolving. And when she says at the start, I was this way. I feel like she's sort of revealing that Bo-Katan is, is going to turn around um, at least at some point through that season. The only part that seems a little strange to me is that it seems like she already was that way in season two. And she was sort yeah. of telling Mandalorian like, Duh, those are the crazy people, and you don't need to be like that. So if she's starting off, like, she she was getting along with them. It's going to be elevated, working with him and showing him out of that crazy cult or whatever. So if she begins season three saying, like, I don't want to work with you. You guys are a cult, and you're not a true Mandalorian and all this stuff. I, that seems different, and then she would just but, have to work her way back into working with him again. I see what you're saying, man. That's not but much of an arc let's there. Look, don't like remember that he Mando doesn't get the dark saber from Mo- Moff Gideon until the very end of season two, mm-hmm. and we don't see her again through when he's using the dark saber in Book of Boba Fett. So we don't know her true feelings about that. How 
how does how does one fester that if she if she's in solitude and she's thinking about it she's obsessing over it oh she was the, fine with him wearing the helmet but now that he has the dark saber he's like oh come on yes i think that's the big part of this thing because i think john favreau i know people like to like slam favreau now because because andor's darker or whatever but john favreau is very deliberate in his writing and when he first introduces bo in this show she is obsessed with that dark saber mm-hmm. and she wants to find mm-hmm. it and he makes sure that we understand that he makes sure that general audiences understand that who didn't watch her in the animated series that's her like kickoff point and i think that's going to be elevated as we start season three i don't Lacey, where you're at with this mm. if you think if you think that's on par or or what I I think that we have to get back to the we have to explain why she is either okay with Mando having it or not okay with Mando having it. I don't think she's just going to be like okay, cool, see you guys later. Like because she was so crazy. Like even when we left her in season 2 and he's about to give it to her and she has that look on her face and then it cuts to Moff Gideon being like laughing, being like, see, she can't take it. And she looks yeah. really frustrated and and uh, uncomfortable because she knows like my heritage is being handed to me. What I'm owed is being handed to me and I can't take it. And mm-hmm. it's handed to me by someone that doesn't even understand what it is. And doesn't even understand like doesn't the right it. way to be man- a Mandalorian. Yeah, exactly. Right. So I think that yeah, she's gonna have to wrestle with that. To yeah. me, to me, she has just been a character that has felt like she's been so close to what she thinks is her destiny, which is ruling Mandalore. Um you know, she got close in the Clone Wars. She got close in Rebels. I mean, she was even given the Darksaber at one point, and she apparently lost it, and we don't know what that story is. But again, <laughs> here she is. She's that close to... She's trying to track down Moff Gideon. And then before she even gets a chance to take the Darksaber from him, somebody else comes along, somebody that she potentially, if John, if your theory is correct, like she looks kind of down on, then that person gets it before her, and she's just like so dealing with her entire life of like just getting so close every single time and she's she's not going to do it. I think she's going to be bummed out at the beginning of the season and then she's going to have to work her way through. Maybe that is just not her destiny. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Her fate. It's, I'm already excited. You know, it's man. And we might be at, you know, if the, if the, the rumors are true and it starts at end of February, and it's eight episodes again, we may be lined up for a, a big finale debut at Celebration, which could be wild. Oh, I'd love that. <laughs> I would really love so, that. Yeah. Especially if the end of season, the end of The Mandalorian leads <clears throat> into Ahsoka. Yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. With like Sabine in the mix. Yeah. yeah. Um. All right, well, moving off of The Mandalorian, we have another story here, and, I, you know, in a, in a different version of today's episode, we probably could have led with this. It was such a big story. Um, we got a lot of news on The Acolyte, including a little bit of a, I don't want to say synopsis, but another little, like, description of what the show is and what it's kind of going to be about. 
um, as well as information that the show has officially begun uh, shooting. And we sort of got that. That was sort of a leak like a few days before, but then the official announcement came. And with the official announcement, we also got the uh, the, the photo that has the cast uh, similar to what we got with um, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, a couple names that we knew was already involved and have already been announced, and a couple new names uh, that we did not know were going to be involved in the show. It was really fun to see social media um, you know, pop on and say, I did not know X was going to be in the show. Now we're even, now I'm even more excited. Um, and, uh, not to mention one other thing too. We actually got a shot of the set and the actors on the set, uh, preparing, looking like they're just, uh, it looks like rehearsal day or something. Um, unless that's their outfits, but I doubt it. <laughs> um, <laughs> But a uh, lot to talk about here. John, I'm going back to you to start this one. Um, thoughts on everything that came out about the Acolyte last week? Um, well, I'm looking at this photo. I think it's happening. Um, yeah. Yeah, this isn't going to be a, a cancellation, I guess. Um, Carry on Moss. A lot of people like lost their mind over that. I, I mean, I think that's cool that she's in it. Um, but I'm looking at the photo... And then I'm looking at that synopsis and it says, um, I don't know where I'm missing where it is. Oh, mystery thriller. Take viewers into a galaxy of shadowy secrets and emerging dark side powers in the final days of the high Republic era A former Padawan reunites with her Jedi master to investigate a series of crimes. And then I look at the photo and I see Leslie Headland talking to Amanda Stenberg and Lee Jung Jae. And I'm thinking, He's well, there you go. The 100%. He's second build. 100%. Yeah. She's the Jedi. And it's funny because this whole time. She's the Padawan. He's the former master. Right. Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, no. Yeah. Well, former Padawan to, yeah, whatever, however you want to position that. But yeah, he was the master. She was the Padawan. But this whole time we were thinking about the Acolyte, it was all dark side, dark side. I don't think anyone thought that there would be Jedi involved. Um, So I. it seems like. It's almost going to be like a detective story, like a Batman and Robin type of thing. And that sort of made me think of this in different ways, because then I'm trying to do that connect the dots thing. When Leslie Headland was talking about her inspiration for when she was writing this was that Star Wars uh, Galactic Atlas. And she's talking about how she wants these people to go to these different locations for different artifacts and stuff. It sounds a little similar to uh, Luke and Lando searching for sith artifacts and that sort of thing but obviously it's going to be a bit different um because they're talking about secrets and emerging dark side powers not necessarily ex- like trying to explore why the sith were the way they are or, or the ancient secrets so i i i don't know uh, amandala stenberg very well i have to admit that but like lacy knows like we both really liked squid games and she's ruined uh, so- hunger games Ah, uh, see, I still gotta watch those. But yeah, but yeah. I also don't know that you get so much of like where she is now in her career from that. Oh moment. no, she was a, she was, was a, a little ago. girl when she yeah. was in Hunger Games. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I mean, everyone seems really excited about the cast. I like the fact that we have a Star Wars project that is filming. So that you know, that secure feeling that it's going down. And Leslie Headland, I, I I really enjoyed the first season of Russian Doll. Um, I didn't really get too far into the second one. It didn't grab me as much. Um, but. I, I, I like that guy. I, I, I believe in uh, that those types of relationships in Star Wars, Master and Apprentice. 
and the fact that it was former Padawan, does that mean she sort of gave up on it? I'm more interested to see what this turns into, but it really flipped me upside down when they I read this and it said, uh, you know, a master and uh, former Jedi apprentice. Um, is she towing with dark side stuff or, or, or is it just she just gave up on it and now they're going investigating? I love detective stories. Mm -hmm. I love Batman. So anytime I hear about someone investigating something and they're on an adventure going to different places, time me up. Yeah, I think the immediate surprise was starting with The Acolyte is a mystery thriller and everybody going, wait, what? <laughs> I love mysteries, yeah. yeah Lacey, absolutely. thoughts on uh, anything from all this? It's It was interesting that this <laughs> news came out after, I think Daphne Keene leaked the day before. Like, I, I was going to say, announcement she also came got out reported. Mm -hmm. And... Um, which was interesting because everybody's been talking about her because Wolverine is back. So they're like, is she going to come back? And then she's in this project. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I love seeing a full cast. This is really cool. Um, obviously, we're going to have other people that join in or extras and stuff. But like, this is the main group of characters. I think Carrie Ann Moss is the bad guy, if I was to guess. Um, I think Daphne Keene is probably someone that's on the bad side as well. Um. Yeah, I'm I'm so excited about this cast. I love John will agree. She, she looks good in black. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love Squid Game. It is one of my top ten, maybe even top five favorite shows. Like it was so good. Wow. So I'm so excited that Lee Jung Jae is coming to Star Wars. When he got announced, I think it's been one of my favorite casting announcements in recent years. Um I can't believe we're getting a mystery th thriller that is like totally outside of what I could ever imagine for Star Wars, but that excites me because when Lucasfilm was purchased by Disney, I thought in my head, wow, we're going to get new Star Wars, something completely different that I've never seen before. And so far, like even The Mandalorian is wonderful and completely its own story. It still has these like kind of a lot of callbacks to the original trilogy because that's what John Favreau is going for. Whereas I feel like this show is going to be like something we've never seen with Star Wars. And that is so exciting to me. Um, I like seeing the set. I like that Amanda is wearing a Visions t-shirt that really hyped me up. <laughs> mm -hmm. Or like, I think it might be Boba Fett actually, not Visions, but Boba Fett like anime style. Yeah, um, yeah I, I think mm -hmm. they did a, a line of those like, Boba Fett. Yeah, it looks cool shirt. though. At first, I thought it was visions. Um, but yeah, I'm just really excited, and the set looks cool. Real sets, we know from Andor, it makes all the difference. So UK, yeah, filming. The I UK. am on board. This and Skeleton Crew, I think, are the the two big things that I'm like. Tell me everything you can about these shows. I think the thing that intrigued me, I, I, again, I think the mystery thriller to me was a big surprise because the vibe that I have gotten from the show, or I think the fandom has sort of led to this, is a sort of Dr. Afra-ish thing. There's been like searching for the Sith artifacts, so it's like archaeology kind of thing. So I had a, a non-Force-sensitive character. Um, mm -hmm. going after Sith artifacts and just kind of like every time they pick up something, there's like a ghost and then they got to get out of the building before the ghost thing gets them or something. Mm -hmm. I, and this doesn't seem like that at all. I'm like, oh, mystery thriller. So like, are people dying and they don't know why they're dying? Are they, are they going missing and they don't know why they're going missing? So this person's like going after it. 
I think there's a lot of really interesting wording there when it comes to a former Padawan reunites with her Jedi Master. Okay, so was she a Padawan and then quit? That's why she's a former Padawan? Or was she a Padawan and then became a knight, so she's not a Padawan anymore, but she's meeting with her... I think they would phrase that differently. They would say a a young Jedi Knight meets with her former Jedi Master, right? That's probably how that would be worded. Yeah. I just, I'm trying to put that together because I kind of got the vibe that if this show is this dark side um, as it's leading to be, there was something about how the fact that she was former, it made me feel like one of the two of them got involved in stuff. Uh, and I would imagine it might actually be him. Like maybe he was someone who got too close to the dark side and left. And so she has to reunite with him because something's come up and she's the only person that she has a connection to that knows anything about this stuff. Or is he recruiting um, her to the bad side? And that could be there too. Um, I don't know. Maybe he's locked up. Maybe he's like a Hannibal thing. Probably not. I don't know. Just all of this, th- this new... Uh, description really uh, flipped the head of what I thought this was going to be. Yeah. Um, and yep. it got me really excited to say, okay, investigate a series of crimes. What? Like, not what I was expecting at all. Um, but uh, yeah, again, like excited about the cast. I don't know what more I can say about it. I, I of the people that I'm familiar with, I like the shows that they're in. Um, uh, yeah. That's pretty much all I got on this, really. Russian Doll's a little bit like a detective story, too, because she's trying to like piece together what is like happening to her and why it's happening yeah. and stuff like that. And it uh, unravels slowly. So I she's good at that type of storytelling, so it should be cool. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, guys. Well, I think that is going to be it for Resistance Report this week. Lacey, I'm going to hand it off to you. Take us into our next section. I can't stop coughing, so John's going to do the Padres. John? That works I am. <laughs> this is unexpected. Um, okay. All right, guys, it's time for the Patreon Padres. All right. Now, Lacey usually has this spiel she does, and I know parts of it in my head, but I don't really know all of it. So I'm just going to say, if you like what we do here, make sure you do subscribe to the show on your preferred podcast app or the YouTube channel, and if you want more, or if you would like to support what we do here at TRB, support us at Patreon, at patreon.com slash resistancebroadcast. You can sign up for $5 at the first tier, or just take a look. There's a bunch of tiers on there. As you climb the ranks, there's more benefits, rewards, features, and stuff like that. We even have a Discord server as well. Uh especially in these times where social media is getting a little strange out there. The TRB base is a wonderful place to go, but check it out. Patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. Any support you have allows us to do the show you see here, the live shows that we do, which we're going to be doing more of in the future and things like going to events and coverage and all that sort of stuff. Your support helps keep TRB going. So thank you very much for that support. Um, And what this segment is, is we offer a topic to one of our generals or spice runners and they get to be on the show and give their answer, give their thoughts. A lot of them are very creative 
They have cool backgrounds. You're going to see in just a minute if you haven't seen one of these yet. Before we do that, a quick thank you to our generals and spice runners. Generals Carmelo, John Reese, Jetta Rosewater, Frank Grande, Darth Hurricane, Nick Kratz, Christian Morales, Brian Smith, Matt Chitty, Danny, Mike Ramori, Matt Heath, Chris White, Brendan McLaughlin, Count Pepto, Sneaky Zebra, Paul Sullivan, and Val Trichkoff. And our spice Ooh. runners, David Probus, Neil Shaw, Kendall Gellner, who's up next? Ryan Wara, Dave Hornack, Thomas Hennessy, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, and Michael Fry. So yes, it is time for Spice Runner Kendall Gellner. Uh, one of the one of my favorite Star Wars fans in general. Um, I'll never forget when we bumped into him. I mean, we knew he was going to be at Celebration, but we just ran into him at Galaxy's Edge, and he's got his Star Wars jeans on. The coolest jeans like, I've ever seen in my life. Kendall is always just like if you if you're like having a bad day or something, or <laughs> or, cool. or if you're even burnt out on Star Wars at all, Kendall's like a remedy. He's a I delight. Love, love the first time I ever interacted yeah. with him was when I was doing that Star Wars collection like once a day thing, and he started doing yeah. it with me, and I was like, oh, we're going one for one here, <laughs> yeah. and he kept up, and I appreciated that, yeah. and I loved every minute of it, and I think I got to do that again next year. Yeah, and we know he's got a lot of Star Wars. Stuff. I love it. Um, but we asked Kendall this week. So you know Luthen, he he poses as a carefree collector who owns an <laughs> antiquity shop in Andor. So we asked Kendall, what would your cover be to keep people from thinking you're part of the rebellion? So Kendall, what do you got? In thinking about what kind of shop I would want to operate as a front for the rebellion, the first thing that came to mind was actually a hot dog stand. But then I thought. Whatever they use for hot dogs in Star Wars were probably pretty gross, so I wouldn't want to do that. But then the next best thing came to mind, and that is running a luggage store. Running a luggage store, people would be going in and out all the time with extremely large boxes and crates or whatever uh, that would be not even attract any attention because they'd just be luggage. And you could sell special luggage with features like hidden radios or secret compartments to store credits or all kinds of things to aid the rebellion and have all kinds of rooms in the store with like kind of secret deals being made. And it would still offer you, like Luthen has, the opportunity to travel the whole galaxy without question, seeking new kinds of exciting luggage. Like for instance, something made of rich Corellian leather. And so anyway, that would be my choice is just it would be really cool to run a luggage store anyway, and it could greatly help the rebellion and they could have some great luggage to handle any conditions. All right. There it is. There's his answer. Um, Kendall, that's that's like the first like he's mentioned hot dogs a couple times now in our recent <laughs> calls and chats. So are you like Kendall, are you a huge hot dog guy? I gotta find out. I wonder like Kendall might even be one of those guys who does like those eating contests too, that we don't even know about. Oh my who gosh, knows? could you imagine? He's like, Yeah, I'm yeah. a side uh, uh competition eater. <laughs> Professional right. eating eater. Um all right, so Lacey, what do you think about Kendall's answer? I thought he was wonderful, per usual. Uh, hot dogs really threw me, but I enjoyed the creativity, and I love all his Grogu stuff because I'm a big Grogu yes. fan. Yes, including uh, the Grogu in the chair that he won in. I I think it was Mando fan show. Yeah, one of the best giveaways we've or, ever had. It only oh, took yeah, like two years giant? to get to him, but I remember that. Yeah. Um, but he's there and he's on like this pedestal. Pretty Love cool. It. Um, all right, James, uh, Kendall is, is saying a luggage store. So what do you, what do you think about his, his answer? 
I th- I think that's a pretty good option um, because it, like, exactly as he laid out, you know, like uh, people coming in and out with all sorts of like different packages and different ways to sneak things in. And it's a, a pretty good cover. Um, I think that would be better than the hot dog stand, but I got a huge kick out of the hot dog stand. And it actually it, it kind of raised a question um, that I wanted to ask you guys when when. You are approached with the phrase hot dog stand. What is the first like pop culture thing you think of? Like, what do you, what pops into your head when somebody says hot dog stand, like in a movie or something? Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters? Yeah. Uh, Liz Lemon and 30 Rock. That was mine. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. I just every time someone says hot dog stand, I go right to it, and I, I just picture like so many episodes I'll take start them with her. all, and everybody ooh, ooh. I love it. <laughs> she comes in with the. There's big so hot. many episodes and scenes in that series that she's at the hot dog stand. Yeah, that yeah, that too. Right. But that, that's the one that I think of. But um, but no, I think you're dead on, Kendall. That's a that's a great choice. Uh, and I, it's always good to see it on the show and, uh, in person. And every time we have any sort of contact with you, mm-hmm. you're an awesome Star Wars fan. Thank you. Yeah, I agree. And Kendall's always very clever with his answers, but also practical. Like sometimes it's, it's, it's one thing to be clever just to be funny, but he brings up these things that where it's like, yeah, that would make sense though. You know, you like, if you have a luggage store like that, that's probably not gonna be the first place people look and you could really get away with like maybe smuggling some stuff. So, um, and it makes me think of that Han Solo line. I never thought I'd be smuggling myself. So um, pretty cool. Great job, Kendall. Uh, always good to see you, pal. And uh, we'll see you, obviously, in the chats and in our calls and stuff like that when we get the, that next one going. So great job. Uh, next, James, I know we're sort of up on time. So how about we do a sort of quick answer, rapid fire version of Will of the Force? Sure. All right. Um, I'll take you into Will of the Force right now. I fear nothing. For all this, as the Force wills it. All right, since we're doing the rapid fire thing, let's shoot it off right here with the first one. Will an ancestor of anyone from the prequel trilogy be featured in the Acolyte? Uh, Lacey, I'm going with you first. What do you think? No, all new characters. Ooh. All right, John, what are you, what are you saying? I am saying... Sorry, will not. No. All new characters. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying... I'm, I was leaning towards yes, but after we had that discussion just now about Acolyte, I'm saying no. I'm also gonna go no, but I okay. but uh, but we did have that poll chat about <laughs> Plagueis and everything, so I don't know that counts. Um, that was Patreon only. No, and speaking of doesn't count. Speaking of Patreon, uh, we have a Patreon submission from Matt Chitty, and Matt sent us the question: Will we see Dantooine in the second season oh. of Andor? John, it's back at you first. Any chance for seeing Dantooine? I say yes. That makes so much sense, and it's such a good question. So based on what they say about it in A New Hope. So yes, I think that is, and I think that's a brilliant call out by Matt. Lacey? Dantooine. They're on Dantooine. <laughs> um, yes, we will. Yeah. I As soon as I saw it, I thought, oh, man, that's almost spoiler because that has to happen. <laughs> I just <laughs> right. feel like that it's going to get a reference or something because when you're covering that four year time span, at some point, that's where the rebellion's going to be. And didn't so, Tony already know. say they're going to Yavin? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm. Nah, that doesn't line up. 
Um, I was thinking of something else. Hmm. Um, okay, well, let's move on to the next one here. Will Luthan Rail, sticking with Andrew's stuff, uh, be killed by someone in the rebellion? All right. Um, John, you go first on this one. What do you think? You go first. All right. He I wants said you to go this... first because he wrote it. So he wants to see what your answer is. <laughs> no, I think he wants me to go first because I sort of said this on the episode uh, on Wednesday when we were talking about it. I get the vibe that Luthan Rail is if he doesn't make it out, that Andor is going to be there. Now, he may be there to see his death, but they may also Han Solo him and sort of like make Andor be the one that has to pull the trigger on Luthan. I don't know that that's necessarily the case, but I could see I could see the rebellion being dark and cold like that and just saying we have to cut all of our ties with anybody who has the connection. Um, I, I, th- I think it's possible. I'm going to say yes right now but I reserve the right. Uh, John, what do you think? I'm saying yes, too. Mm. I just, it'd be too clean if it was like he dies by someone at the hands of the Empire. Yeah. Lacey, self-sacrifice? It's too much damn sacrifice. Yeah. I don't mean to, like, have dead air. I'm, like, genuinely thinking about this. No, yeah. I. It's tough. I really am not sure. This is a tough question. Because as we've seen in the last episode, which we get a new one two days from now, mm-hmm. um, he's very st- steadfast in his ways of like, I've sacrificed everything for this to move forward. So the point is, when is he going to get to that kind of cliff, so to speak, where it's like too far? Like, what's too far for the, the greater good? Um, and who's going to be that person to keep him in line? Yeah. I... I think he's going to die saving someone else. Self-sacrifice. So, so a big no. Yeah, I don't think he will be killed by someone in the rebellion. I think he's going to go out progressing the movement forward because he knows from the get-go when he's worked the equation in his head that he's going to have that sacrifice like Cassian made where he knows he's going to die on Scarif, but he does it anyway because it's what's right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah, he could sort of teach Cassian. Um, moving on to the the last question here of the week. Uh, it's another Patreon submission. This one is coming in from Double D. Double D. <laughs> uh, he wanted to know, uh, will Disney Plus ever release any of its movies or TV shows on physical media? Let me see. Back at you first on this one. What do you think? No, they want you to subscribe. Not anytime soon, anyway. John? I think they will um, because I think they know the people who would buy it aren't going to, are still going to be subscribed. And that's me saying it as a hope because I really want to own this stuff and get the packaging and all that stuff. So I, I am going to say no. Um, I know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm, I've been pretty straightforward about my thoughts on physical media and I think Lacey's exactly right. They want you to buy it. That's a good point, John, but I think they would spend a bunch of money to make very little money. They would make money on it probably, but not much to move any needle or do anything with it. And they'd probably just rather. And then that just gives on you're just for that little bit of money. You're just giving people a reason to say that they can cancel. If they they only really cared about the Mandalorian and now that I have it, they can cancel. Yeah, it's going to be a very limited quantity of said physical media. But I'm on the side with John of I think everything should have physical media because all it takes is one day 
someone takes over a company and you never see that thing again, like Batgirl or whatever HBO Max has done where they're just removing stuff off their service. If people are buying social media companies that can buy a streaming service and say, that digital version you own of Jaws, it is gone. And they can change things on whims and yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All um, right. That's cool. it for the show. That's it for Will of the Force, John. Yeah, we got to do the all the fun stuff at the end, like saying thank you so much for listening and watching and being a part of TRB. Um, like I said before, make sure you're subscribed on your preferred audio podcast platform. If it has a rating like Spotify or Apple, please rate us five stars. Leave a review. Appreciate that very much. It only takes a couple of seconds to do that. Um, and of course, uh, the YouTube channel as well. Uh, Star Wars News Net, where we got the news that we talked about today. So make sure you're checking that out uh, for your Star Wars news. Um, Johnny Hoey on Twitter for now, uh, hanging on, uh, writing and editing at Star Wars News Net and my movie podcast, just like the movies. Uh, last week, we just put out our episode on Terminator 2. Go check it out. Uh, we, we, we talked about what it would be like if Axl Rose was the T-1000. That was an interesting conversation. <laughs> um, uh, James, how about you? Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Myra Trunks. I have more right to say for now, <laughs> right in that realm. Who knows? I might end up changing it, but that's where I'm oh, at. Oh, yeah. Now. Yeah. Uh, Lacey. Um, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Lacey Gillerin. And as Leonardo DiCaprio once said, I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> I mean, that's a paraphrase. They said, uh, whatever. You know what I'm I mean? I'm not leaving. It's I I'm ain't leaving. leaving. I ain't leaving. That's it. <laughs> Is that right? Show goes on. That's um, me. Anyway. Going, don't doing this because <laughs> won't find me outside. <laughs> here's what I'm gonna quick. Here's my one statement: If everybody good leaves from platforms, it leaves all the bad people there. So we need the good people to stick around to provide quality conversations. That's all I'll say. Thank you. Yes, and nobody will see my tweet. Um. <laughs> Which might be good for some people. Um, listen, we'll be back Wednesday because we're talking Andor episode 11. Can't believe it. This show is going to conclude season one in nine days, but we're going to be talking all about episode 11 on Wednesday. And don't forget, if you are a patron, this past Thursday, we did our live commentary of Re Revenge of the Sith. If you missed it, it is there on the page. So watch Revenge of the Sith with us and uh, have some fun doing that as we watch Anakin off the dark side but we know he has a happy ending so that's okay um but we'll see enjoy happy. your weeks uh but we'll see you midway through on wednesday night with another episode of the resistance broadcast so until then we'll see you around kids